Hi, friends, it's Vin Scully. It's time for Dr. Clapper. In sports, there's winning and losing and getting injured. That's why there's Dr. Clapper. Dr. Clapper is the former head of orthopedic surgery at Cedar sinai The Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper, presented by Cedar sinai Hey, Dr. Clapper. How are you? Saturday mornings from 7 to 9. Silence is golden when you can't think of a good answer. <laughs> yes, Doc, I love your show. Now, here he is, Dr. Robert Clapper. Good morning, Los Angeles, and welcome to another edition of the Weekend Warrior Show. I'm your host, Dr. Robert Clapper. I'm an orthopedic surgeon at Cedar sinai for 32 years. Wow. What a great week I had this week. Took some time to go surfing pretty much every day, and after surfing, as the sun rises, You do a session for two hours. I start in pitch black waves. Nothing tastes better than a breakfast burrito. Dr. Clapper. Mm -mm -mm. The salt of the salt water in the ocean. And the salt in whatever that chorizo has in it. And I'm going to tell you, the best place in Southern California for a breakfast burrito. My mouth is watering already. Chorizo, eggs, cheese, potatoes. Oh, it's so good. This one particular place gives you two homemade salsas to pour on it. One is red, the other is green. Mm, so good. What a beautiful week it was. My guest coming up at 8.15, it makes me so excited because he's not just a doctor from Cedars, which I like to showcase, but he's actually my doctor because a few years back, I had, probably from eating too many breakfast burritos, a severe pain in my belly. You know, as a surfer, you can call me Belly Slater rather than Kelly Slater. In my right upper quadrant, which means if you look at your belly button, which is the center of your belly, your abdomen, you take your right hand, you feel your rib cage on the right-hand side of your body, right below the rib cage, higher than the belly button, That is the right upper quadrant. And you know what lives there? Your gallbladder. So if you have intense pain in that spot, that's the first thing they think about is, ah, you're going to need your gallbladder taken out. Oh, I had severe pain a few years back in that spot. And I went to all my general surgery friends who couldn't wait to tell me, Robbie, tomorrow, let's take your gallbladder out. Oh, my God, I'm going, there's no way I'm letting you touch my gallbladder. Ah, and then I'd feel the pain. But before I decided to have a surgeon work on my belly, I saw my guest at 8.15 as a patient, Dr. Carrie Strom. Went to his office, I lied down, and he began with his fingers to examine my belly. And he poked in a few spots, and then wham, he hit that spot, and I jumped to the ceiling. He said, Robbie, it's not your gallbladder. You tore a muscle. You tore your six-pack muscle, your rectus abdominis, right off the rib cage. Leave it alone. It'll heal. And he was right. God bless him. His ability to feel my belly and make the right diagnosis, and I just cannot wait to talk to him because you all need to benefit from the wisdom in this man, Dr. Carrie Strom. But it made me think all week. 
that smart fingers of light touch. You know how much I love the world of art, the world of sports, the world of surgery. Where do you see that Michelangelo level of expertise in light touch in the world of sports, in the world of art? Well, in the world of art, it's this guy. Song from 1971, Fillmore East, the Allman Brothers. The name of the song is called One Way Out. Listen carefully to the sound coming out of that guitar. In a minute, you're going to hear Greg Allman start to sing. There he is. That's the younger brother to the guy who's playing that guitar making it sound like something you've never heard before because of light touch. It's called a slide technique. And it's by none other than Dwayne Allman. A couple of years before Dwayne Allman, who died tragically at age 24, a couple of months after this song that you just heard was made on a motorcycle accident, But a couple of years before then, Dwayne Allman fell off his motorcycle and in recovery got a cold. And his younger brother sent him a decongestant called Coracidin, which came in a special bottle. I really need to tell that story in length. Maybe I'll do that at 7.30 of how he taught himself the slide guitar, the slide technique, the touch he developed on the guitar. Talk about light touch in medicine with Dr. Carrie Strom. That's what we're going to talk about is Dwayne Allman and light touch of that guitar string like nobody else. What about in sports? Who are we going to talk about in sports? It may surprise you, but it's Wilt Chamberlain because Wilt Chamberlain did something with his fingers called a finger roll lightly touching the rim. He also could dunk quite lightly with his fingers around the rim, and he could block your shot. He couldn't shoot free throws. He couldn't shoot a hook shot. But he also scored 100 points in one game because of his light touch around the rim. Wait till you hear these stories from Connie Hawkins and Larry Brown about Will Chamberlain and his light touch in sports. It's going to be an unbelievable show. And don't forget Clapper Vision. The clinic will be open. The number is 877-710-ESPN. We're going to talk about Rams running back Cam Akers. Finally, I neglected to do it last week, tearing his Achilles tendon. Wait till you hear the Clapper Vision of why you tear your Achilles tendon, not only always in the same spot in the tendon, but why do we see this epidemic now of the Achilles tendon rupturing in basketball and football, in all sports, and in the weekend warrior. It's understanding the difference between concentric and eccentrically loading the muscle. What exactly does it mean? Well, when you jump up to get a rebound, you've got to contract your calf muscle to leap off the floor to fight gravity to grab the rebound. But once you got the ball in your hand... 
and you land softly, not thud, not a sudden, you need to land softly, that's eccentrically loaded in your calf muscle so that your toes touch the floor and then slowly you lower yourself down so that your foot is flat. You're contracting the muscle as it's elongating. That's eccentrically loading the muscle. And that is when your Achilles tendon ruptures in the eccentrically firing of the muscle, not in the concentrically firing it. So a clapper vision is lifting, lifting a heavy bucket of water off the ground. Your elbow flexes, your brachialis, your biceps tendon flexes to lift the heavy water off the ground. But if you now want to lower the bucket of water, you still got to fire your brachialis and biceps to lower the bucket slowly. But that is contracting the muscle, yet you're elongating it. And believe it or not, that's also when you rupture your biceps tendon in the same mode of lengthening it and contract, eccentrically loading the muscle. And that's the secret to the Achilles tendon and what happened to Cam Akers and all Achilles tendons that rupture for that matter. So let's listen to a little bit of light touch in the world of Dwayne Allman. Here Tom Dowd is explaining Layla, where both Dwayne Allman and Eric Clapton are playing on this classic rock song. But these two are playing notes, Eric with bending the strings, Dwayne Allman using a slide technique, but doing something with a guitar, touching the strings like no other. And it's just beautiful. Those are notes that aren't on the instrument. Those are notes that are off the top of the instrument. That's that's what makes those people such magnificent guitar players. It's in the tips of their fingers. It's not in a knob. It's not how loud they play. It's touch. It's touch. And both of them have exquisite technique and touch. His bandmate, Dickie Betts from the Allman Brothers, gives away the secret to Dwayne Allman's light touch on a guitar. And it's because he this is what happens with all great artists, great surgeons, great computer people. If you want to be great, you need to borrow from another field. What do I mean? Dickie Betts is telling you Dwayne Allman played the guitar as though it was a harmonica. What? Yeah. He's using a whole different world of harmonica playing, sliding, gliding on the harmonica and mimicking that on the guitar. Here's Dickie Betts. Playing with Dwayne Allman was, he was a fantastic interpreter. He really studied and made a school of, of the Albert King and uh, Freddie King and the, the great blues players. Actually, a lot of people probably don't realize it, but Dwayne used to tell me a lot that, that he was influenced by harmonica players more than he was guitar players. His slide playing, Dwayne used to profess over and over to me, he said, man, slide playing ain't about guitar, it's about harmonica. About harmonica. you got to think like a harp player, and it makes a hell of a lot of sense. Now, I've never heard anybody that plays slide say that, but uh, if you listen to it, it is more like a harmonica. And so he had a very unique approach to music to begin with, and he looked at it inside out and outside in and sideways and everywhere. He really studied it. 
I, as opposed to somebody like me, I'm influenced by music. I kind of, I kind of soak all the players in and then let them come out. But Dwayne was more analytical. More analytical, because he's playing the guitar like a harmonica. He would come up with a Robert Johnson lick and uh, exclaim like, I know where I Elmore got this lick. Now this is it ain't fooling nobody. He'd say, look at this. Now this is the way I do it. And he would go into And he had a lot of fun with analyzing the greats, the, their playing styles. And I, I think that's what made his style then unique. Lightly touching those strings. Here's Eric Clapton talking about he bent the strings and made Eric Clapton unique with his touch of those guitar strings. Dwayne Allman slid with a tube, a glass tube, over those strings. Vocal number one. Eric and Dwayne had a great deal of respect for each other's taste, skill, and musicianship. And there was never a question that Dwayne was a fan of Eric's and Eric was a fan of Dwayne's. We had both developed an early love for blues. And the interesting thing was that he was coming from a, di a slightly different direction. He had developed a very unique bottleneck slide style while I was bending strings. So we were coming from the same place but traveling on different paths and, and could meet and yet sound completely different to one another, e even though we had the same principles going on in our heads. Here Tom Dowd is, Tom Dowd is breaking up, because he can, on the board, Eric Clapton's con contribution to Layla and the great Dwayne Allman. That I just want to look at Eric and Dwayne playing duet on the lead and Dwayne playing the harmonic parts uh, during the solo section. That's Dwayne that we hear on the left. And if I pull Dwayne down a little bit, now you're going to hear the duet. Dwayne and Eric playing the melody on the right. And here they are all together. On the song One Way Out at Fillmore East, a classic for the Allman Brothers, what I later learned was Sonny Boy Williamson played this song initially, but he played it with a harmonica. That was the inspiration for Dwayne Allman to say, I'm going to make the harmonica my slide guitar, and this is what it sounds like. Wow. Light touch, light touch in art, light touch in music. That's what it sounds like. What does it look like? It looks like Wilt Chamberlain and his finger roll. I'll explain the whole idea of lightly touching, the magic behind it, coming up next here on the Weekend Warrior Show on 710 ESPN. Holy emoji, clap man. Weekend Warriors on Facebook. Holy slip disc. That's right, Robin. Hear listeners talk about their aches and pains. Holy hamstrings. 
along with Doc's Clapper vision. Breathe deeply. And advice to callers. On your toes, Robin. So like, follow, and enjoy. A wise decision. The Weekend Wear Facebook page. Frankly, I can think of nothing more stimulating. Right, it's Max. You know there's no better way to start your Saturday morning than with my friend Dr. Clapper and the Weekend Warrior Show. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. My mother is felling in heaven right now when you say that. Start your weekend off right. Listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. I'm Belly Slater. Thank you. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN. 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Come on, come on, come on, come on, now touch me, babe. Can't you see that I am not afraid? <laughs> what was that Good job, that Steve Paulette. We're talking about now lightly touching a skill what that's that mastered that in the worlds I love of art, of now sports, and in medicine. And at 8.15, we're going to talk to a master who's got some smart fingers when he examines you. And in the world of art, I can't wait to tell you the story of how Dwayne Allman from the Allman Brothers became a slide guitar player because his brother, Greg, bought him a bottle of medicine, a decongestant, an antihistamine, believe it or not, which was a glass bottle. And light touch sounds like this on the guitar. But what does light touch look like in sports? I thought long and hard about this. Will Chamberlain, the GOAT, the greatest basketball player of all time, and a good friend of mine and a patient of mine, he was so great because of his ability near the rim to lightly touch the ball and the rim. From a distance, forget about it. Here's a funny story he tells about how bad he was shooting free throws. Listen to this. Cute little story. I went to a psychiatrist, you understand, you know, and uh, for about a month uh, on my on my free throw situation. After a month, I I, I gave it I gave it up. Somebody else paid paid for the sessions, fifty dollars a session. I won't say it wasn't, you know. And I after <laughs> after, after I came out of it for a whole month, I, I, I uh, the psychiatrist was a better free throw shooter than I was. <laughs> 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 and, you know, and so that's 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 how that's how it happened. You understand? If you were playing today, mm-hmm. hilarious. Around the basket, nobody better. Free throws, as we say in New York, forget about it. But one of Wilt Chamberlain's greatest shots that really shows what light touch was all about is called the finger roll, where this giant seven-foot-one strong can bench press 600 pounds but could lightly have the ball roll off his fingertips. Here's Bill Walton talking about the magnificent of the finger roll, and in the end of this soundbite, you'll hear Keith Jackson saying Chamberlain with a finger roll. The finger roll is as exciting and as entertaining a shot as you'll ever find in basketball. It's different from the regular layup, it's different from the jump shot, it's different from the sky hook, it's different from the jump hook shot. This is a play where you're coming in and almost across your body have to roll the ball back. Winning with their second jump. Fox 
Chamberlain against Fox rolls it in. The great Keith Jackson calling that. That light touch around the rim. What other shots? Well, the dunk is a light touch. You got to listen to Connie Hawkins talking about that light touch around the rim with Wilt Chamberlain at Rucker Park. I think some of our best games were played at the Rucker Tournament. Every ball player, whether it was the guys from California or the guys from New York and either XL NBA ball players, they would play all the time in this Rucker Tournament. And uh, I remember there was a game against uh, Brooklyn. I played with Brooklyn and Wilt played with the team from Philly. And we had this game against them and it was one of, probably one of the best games you've ever seen. But Everybody don't remember it because it wasn't on video. It was pre-video, so um, it was a great game. And Listen to Connie Hawkins talking about Jackie Johnson, who could touch, not the rim, the top of the backboard. But there's a problem when you're going up against Wilt Chamberlain and his light touch. And we had a guy by the name of Jackie Jackson who was like six foot four and he can actually touch the top of the backboard. I've heard people talk about guys touching the backboard. This guy can do it. And we ran a play and Wilt used to shoot this fadeaway jump shot. He used to go up high and shoot it off the glass. So we had a play that we would make Wilt shoot this jump shot and Jackie would come over and block it. And we had the play set up perfect. Wilt went in and turned, shot a jump shot. Jackie came from the weak side and quartered it right at the top of the, of the backboard. And the crowd went crazy. People were running around the place and jumping off the fence and almost jumping off the ceilings and stuff. And it was just phenomenal. Wilt said, you think you're going to block your shot with that high-flying Jackie Jackson? No. I'm going to take you apart with my light touch and dunk. And we looked over at Wilt and Wilt was staring at us and he will call timeout. Just call timeout like that. And everybody was still running around screaming. And back then there wasn't high five. They were giving everybody low five and stuff. Everybody was clapping and carrying on. And then the next 15 plays were dunks by Wilt that I've never seen before in my life. He dunked every single way he can be imagined for. He was creative with his touch around the rim. What other shot could Wilt do that required this masterpiece and masterful light touch around the rim? Blocking a shot. Listen to Larry Brown, the legendary coach, tell a story about Magic Johnson going up against Wilt Chamberlain in the gym at UCLA. I'll tell you a great magic story. Um, I'm a coach at UCLA, and he used to come to the men's gym mm -hmm. and organize games. Yep, I remember and that. There were a lot of pickup games back then. All the time, yeah. and he used to make the sides and stack them. So one, one night um, I'm watching, and uh, Kevin O'Connor in the stands. Will Chamberlain's playing with four of my freshmen against Magic, <laughs> Bernard King, James Worthy, Byron Scott, and uh, Green. A.C. Green. A.C. Green. Green. Huh? All right, now listen to what happens in this game. And it's game point. Magic throws a sky hook. Wilt blocks it. Magic calls game. And Wilt says, that wasn't goaltending. That was a clean block. And Magic took the ball. He said, game over next. And Wilt <laughs> said, hey, coach, was that goaltending? And I, I said, no, that was a clean block. Magic says, what do you think he's going to say? They're his kids. <laughs> because he knew his light touch around the rim could take over. So they play again and listen what happens. <laughs> and Wilt says, all right, look, we're going to play a game till 12. We'll do it again. Winner stays, and there'll be no more shots made at this basket. He blocked 
every everything. shot. <laughs> Forty-three years old, he was blocking everything. It was yeah. it was unbelievable. So, somebody used to play in those '80s games. Who I asked, who's the best player you ever played with or against? Told me it was about a 50-year-old Wilt Chamberlain at those UCLA pickup games. He was he was that kind of physical present. Wilt Chamberlain was so special. Bill Russell was in the league a couple of years beforehand, and then Wilt showed up. Two of the greatest players to ever play the game. But it was Wilt's light touch that made all the difference. He was the greatest competitor I ever was around who refused to lose. For Russell, the ultimate test began in 1959 with the arrival of Chamberlain, the most dominant force the game had ever seen. Wilt was, uh, was not his whole goal in life, wasn't just winning a game. His goal in life was to be the most dominant player that ever played. During his 14-year career, Wilt compiled a staggering list of achievements. In 1962, he averaged 50 points for the season, including the memorable night in Hershey, Pennsylvania, when he set one of sports' most amazing records, scoring 100 points in one game. He did it with the finger roll. He did it with the dunk. He did not do it with the hook shot or the free throw. Listen to Bill Russell giving him a hard time. This is such a beautiful interview. What was the toughest thing for you playing against Wilt? You could not, I could never play him the same way two games in a row because it, it would not work. And so uh, through the whole time we played against each other, every game was different. One of the points that Bill makes is that you played against each other so many times. That's, the that, that's very, uh, uh, very, very correct. We got a chance to really vie against each other, you know. Bill Russell knew when it came to the finger roll and the dunk, forget about it. You couldn't stop him. But free throws and a hook shot, he wasn't making those. But I can remember <laughs> when I used to shoot a hook shot on, on Bill right here, he would go, are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> like I wasn't supposed to take a hook shot yesterday or whatever. I said, take my eight more of those, okay? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and the way that Wilt shot foul shots, maybe that's where you no, want to no, put no, him on the foul line. No, it's not, it's not like as bad as people to have you believe. He could miss half of them and still make 15. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just love two giants, literally giving each other a ribbing. And then I was once a good free free throw shooter. Unfortunately, you know, my idols, I started watching my, he was one of my idols. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, anybody talking about my free throw shooting, oh, I'll take it, I mean, but when it came down to really to the time when he needed to put, I could I should, you, you know what I should tell people? <laughs> yeah. Watch him shoot free throws, then they, they wouldn't watch me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean. And finally, more about Will Chamberlain from Al Adels. Score every time he wanted to. That's what he could do. I mean, he was strong, he was powerful, he was the strongest guy in the league. Jumped higher than anyone in the league. And uh, once he got the ball, go to the basket, no one really could defend him. He was such an overpowering physical figure that, that he could rule the game. I think, you know, in, in effect, he was larger than life in a lot of people's minds. And yet, it was his touch around the basket that made him so special. Whatever you do for a living, that light touch, yeah, you could be strong, you can punch, but using that feedback to your brain from the tips of your fingers, whether you play the guitar, whether you play basketball, or whether you have to examine people and see their anatomy through their skin, 
for me as a surgeon, where does your knee hurt? Does it hurt on top of your kneecap? Because if it hurts near the bottom of your kneecap when you bend your knee, now you're near where the joint line is. That could be your meniscus. No, Dr. Clapper, my knee hurts in a point above the kneecap. Good news. That ain't coming from inside the joint. You examine 100 patients a week like I do and do it for 32 years. The light touch on the tip of your fingers literally starts to let you see through the skin. My hobby is sculpting in marble. People always say, how do you see the figure inside that block of stone? It's the same way I can see inside your shoulder, inside your knee, inside your hip, because I've done over 16,000 surgeries. So I get confirmation of what it feels like to me on the outside after all these years. My guest at 815 is Dr. Carrie Strom. What he knows ain't in the book. What a shame when older doctors retire, because what they take with them is knowledge that's not in the book, knowledge that comes from being an expert at light touch. Let's open the clinic, Steve Paulette. The number is 877-710-ESPN. The lines are all lit up. I can't wait. Let's pretend we're in my office using Clapper Vision with light touch. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warriors show here on 710 ESPN. Come on, come on, come on, come on, now touch me, babe. Can't you see that I am not afraid? What was that promise that you made? Why won't you tell me what she said? Weekend Warriors on Facebook. Didn't you get the memo? Quickly hear Clapper's crazy kitchen stories. Easily find different callers' aches and pain issues. Right, I get it. Search Weekend Warrior in the search bar and click on Doc's picture. Who are you again? Voila! Like, follow, and enjoy the Weekend Warrior Facebook page. This is Keyshawn in the morning. My man, Dr. Clapper, and the Weekend Warrior Show starts your Saturday morning. Join the doc from 7 to 9 a.m. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. With hair on top of my head. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Sometimes when we touch, the honesty is too much, and I have to close my eyes. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. Talking about lightly touching. The lines are lit up. Let's get into it. Let's go to Ed in Long Beach. You're on with Dr. Clapper. How can I help? Dr. Clapper, how are you? I'm good. How are you, Ed? I'm doing okay. Um, I just want to say thank you for your morning podcast. I got my... Usually my son in the car with me listening to you, and oh. it's just uh, it's such a good good time to <laughs> listen to somebody intelligent, smart, professional, and uh, that cares about people. And by the way, I uh, I help somebody every day. Well, thank uh, you. I help a stranger every day, every day whatsoever. And I'm a surfer with you. So ah, we got a lot in common, stuff, Ed. Huh? Well, thank you for the, nice, for the nice call. I appreciate it. Listen, this is to know that you're on the other end of the radio is the reason I get up in the morning after spending a whole week working. So thanks so much for tuning no, in for being a weekend warrior. No, it's, 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 it's a good deal. And um, 
Um, maybe I'll see you out in the water or, or whatever. I have, I have an injury, but it, certainly I don't, I, I don't really need to talk about it with you. Um, All right. as if there would be anybody else to talk to. Oh, but, um, thank but, you for but that. No, I, it, it, you make, you make the mornings better. You break up the ESPN or the, whatever it is, uh, mundane nature and get down to it. And the fact that you want to help people, you can just hear the joy in your voice and everything. And it's just like, it's a real treat. What's your favorite story? Well, um, <laughs> you probably not like it because I'm going to correct you on one. Which <laughs> I, I really, I know, I know. You're allowed. Right. Okay. So, Mark Fu, you told me about the whole Maverick thing. And, of course, I was, as a surfer, was aware of it. But he didn't die at Mavericks. Mm-hmm. He, he, died at, he died at this place called Ghost Trees and then washed up at Mavericks. Maverick wow. is, you know, the, uh, a little bit more of a regulated break. but um, Well, he but was a special it. guy, Mark yeah. Fu, because he actually was able to bring the world of art and the world of sports together, and it was a real loss to be able to lose him. But it reminds you, never shortchange the ocean. This week I went surfing, I'll tell you, Ed, and it was shallow, low tide, and I fell off my surfboard in such shallow water, and instead of hitting my head, I hit my back. And I've got the giant, a giant black and blue mark on my back. Thank God I didn't break my back. But you got to be reminded, we are not in control. When you're out in the ocean, the bigger boss is out there, and you have to respect it. And if you let your guard down, you can be in trouble. Well, thank you so much for the kind words. I really appreciate it, Ed. And uh, no, keep listening. You're the best, and, and you're right. You're right with that. My, I, I, I get anxiety when my my kid's 13 now, and he goes surfing, and I go, never underestimate the power of the ocean. That's exactly never right. underestimate it. You don't turn your back on it, and you you deal with it. So, thank you very much for everything you've done. God bless you, and, Ed. I uh, appreciate it. Thanks so much for the phone call. I appreciate it. All right, Warriors. Speaking of that, how'd you like to play golf with me on September 10th? ESPN has a golf tournament, which you can participate in, and we're going to have a contest, Steve Paulette and I, so that we can pick three of the people who will play in the foursome with me at Yorba Linda on September 10th. Tommy Lamb, the great Tommy Lamb from ESPN who puts it on, is uh, allowing us to pick the foursome. So I think you should write, write us a letter of what Clappervision means to you, and um, you'll be able to play golf with me. That would be a real treat. All right, let's keep taking calls. The lines are all lit up. Who do you want to go to? Let's go to Jen Sue in L.A. You're on with Dr. Clapper. How can I help? Hi, good morning, and uh, a week late, happy birthday. Thank you. Appreciate it. How young are you? What do you do for a living? I'm 74 years old, and uh, I'm retired. What did you do when you were working? I was a piano teacher, and I also uh, taught Tai Chi. Wow, Tai Chi. Tai Chi is what I suggest to women after menopause to take up because it's so gentle on your joints, but Uh it loads with gravity and your muscles, your bones. It's better than any drug the drug companies will come up with to stress your bone, to keep the mineral, to keep the calcium in the bones. So teach me. Teach me about Tai Chi. Is it how long you hold the pose? Is it the exact pose that you're doing? What is it that you love so much about Tai Chi, Jensu? Well, we have a routine. Uh, we call it a slow set, and mm-hmm. it takes 
somewhere between half an hour, one hour, depends on how slow you want to go. Mm-hmm. And that's where you build your strength and, you know, your kind of mind and body and soul, they call it. What do you think about when you're holding a position for that long? Uh well, you try to concentrate because each move has a meaning. Mm. You try to concentrate on what the meaning is, mm. but uh, you often lost in, in your busy mind, you know, and then you try to bring it back and concentrate again. And so that's a challenge. It's a challenge. You know, this week I was surfing a lot because I took time off, and I always try to say to myself, what is the part of surfing that I love the most? It, clearly standing on the board and riding the wave is special. But for me to be able to be in the water where it's calm, knowing that the waves are going to come out of the horizon, and I just stare at the horizon, this flat line between the sky and the water, and you just try to figure out, hmm, I think I see something coming. And is it going to be the first wave that's the biggest? Is it going to be the third wave in the set that's the biggest? Which one should I take? If I take the first one, maybe the second one would be better. So it's a gambling act as well. But that concentration on nothingness is really the ultimate meditation. So actually not thinking of anything while you hold those Tai Chi positions is probably more beneficial to cleansing your mind than actually thinking about something. What do you think of that? Yeah, it's always the meditation of of it instead of not hmm. thinking because some people just like to get high doing it hmm. and you can get kind of high uh, by doing Tai Chi but oh. it's, it's probably better to participate with your brain. God bless you. What did you do to yourself? How can I help you, Jensu? Well, uh, I probably um, hurt my rotator cuff because it's been going on a couple years when mm-hmm. I sleep on the side mm-hmm. and my right shoulder hurts, mm-hmm. then it goes away. Well, it didn't go away just last <laughs> week, and I cannot raise my arm now for a week. So, you know, in medicine for me, one of the most important things is a diagnosis. Uh-huh. We live in a society now with such a broken medical system that even if you went to a doctor now, they would say, yeah, probably it is your rotator cuff, not actually knowing that it is, and send you to therapy. They won't even allow you to get an MRI until you fail physical therapy. Otherwise, they won't authorize it. Who is they? A bunch of businessmen who are deciding how you should be taken care of. It's wrong. And they'd also like you, before you get authorization for an MRI, to have a cortisone shot, which is Mm -hmm. the stupidest idea to me. Because you don't know what you're treating. God forbid people have cancer. You're giving them cortisone shots. The reality, and you don't, so you don't have to be nervous about that. But no one really knows what's going on in your shoulder. You can examine. You can take a history. Yeah. But in my opinion, the first thing you need is to see inside. And an x-ray won't show you. But we need to shoot an x-ray in order to get authorization for an MRI. You are not a complainer. I can tell in the two minutes that I'm talking to you right now on the phone, the last thing you want to do is go to the doctor. But the reality is, is if your body is talking to you and your shoulder is talking to you, someone who stays so fit as you do, you should know at least what it is. Doesn't mean you'd have to have an operation, but what is the damage that you have? You still want to be conservative in the treatment of it and try to avoid surgery, which I love doing, even though I'm a busy surgeon. But you need a diagnosis. And if you're complaining at 74 that your shoulder hurts, you need an MRI. So you need to do me a favor. You need 
to bug your general practitioner on Monday and say, listen, I need an MRI. Oh, sorry, we're going to send you. Nope, I already got a second opinion from Dr. Clapper. And you make them get you an MRI. And Jen Sue, I'm going to tell Steve Paulette right now, you get the MRI and you have the report in front of you. You call us next week. I'll put you in front of the line. You and I will go over with Clapper Vision, your MRI, and I will help you figure out what to do next. How's that? Thank you so much. I do have a doctor's appointment Monday. That's right. You tell him you're not my first opinion. You're my second opinion. And that means we can jump right away to get an MRI. And you do not need dye injected, which is painful and, in my opinion, unnecessary. You just say, listen, I want a regular MRI and I need that report back because as soon as I get it, I'm calling Dr. Clapper and I will guide you in terms of what to do. How's that? Thank you so much. God bless you, Jen. So listen, you're a total stranger to me. I need you to find a total stranger today. Do something nice for them. That's how you'll be thanking me. I will. All right. God bless you, and thanks for being a weekend warrior. Let's take a break. Uh, God, yeah, God bless you. You want to take another you. one? All right. You're very welcome, Jen Sue. We got time for another one. God bless you, Steve Platt. Who you want to take? Let's go to Kent. Kent, you're on with Dr. Clapper. How can I help? Hi, doctor. How are you? You're very lucky, Kent, because Steve Paulette has rachmunas, which is a Yiddish word for feeling good for you to be able to not let me go to a break right now. So it's my pleasure to help. How young are you? What do you do for a living? Okay, well, I'm retired. What did you do when you were working? I was a teacher. I taught uh, English in in Mexico. Wow. And I was also in sales. English, what a great language to be able to teach. It's when John Lennon realized that the word please had two meanings. It meant you could ask for permission, please do this, or it also meant please, which would be to satisfy me. And that's where he came up with the song, Please Please Me. Fascinating language. What I also love about English is P-O-L-I-S-H, polish, right? When the, when the letter P is small case, it's to polish copper or brass. But once you capitalize polish and make it a capital P, you now pronounce it Polish. And it means people from Poland. Same word. It's just, I would just go crazy if I was an English teacher because of all the rules that it has. You must have got, what's your favorite word in English? My favorite word in English is uh, blessings to you. Really? Good for you. Good for you, Ken. What did you do to yourself? How'd you hurt yourself? How can I help you? Well, it's my legs. I don't know exactly how it happened, except uh, my doctor said that... uh, that my lower extremities, uh, that the blood flow was being blocked. Yes. That's and called so, claudication. Uh, claudication is the English word for that, which essentially, you want a clapper vision? You listen to this show, you know what clapper vision is? Tell me. If you ever go to your, your sink in your house, which is an old house, and you turn on the faucet in the kitchen and barely the water pressure comes out, it's because the pipes are galvanized pipes. They rust. They're not like copper pipes. Copper pipes don't rust. If you've got old galvanized pipes, the rust builds up on the inside of the pipe and makes the lumen or the hole of the pipe more narrow, less chance of the water to be able to come out. Well, believe it or not, the pipes in our body, our arteries, not our veins, but our arteries build up with plaque or rust. And believe it or not, just like you turn on that faucet and it goes drip, drip as it comes out, 
That's what happens as the blood flow goes down your legs. Now, there's medication you can do to be able to open up the pipes, but sometimes you actually need to bypass them, and you're going to need a visit with a good vascular surgeon. My favorite at Cedars is Willis Wagner. Give him a call. He'll be able to help you. That's what you're going to need to do to figure out the extent of the rust or the plaque that's in your legs. It's called vascular claudication. You need to take it seriously and check it out. And thanks so much for calling, Ken. All right, we'll take a break. All the lines are lit up. The number is 877-710-ESPN. It's a beautiful thing. They're all blinking. 7 o'clock in the morning. People are already listening, Steve Paulette. Coming up next, don't forget, I got to tell you where the best breakfast burrito is in Southern California. I'll give you a hint. It's in Ventura. And it has, it's really a beautiful thing. I swear, I think she's in the back there making the tortilla by hand, cooking the eggs, the chorizo. It's just the most incredible breakfast burrito I've ever had. And I probably tasted extra special because I was still soaking wet from surfing when I ate it. I'll tell you where that is. Coming up next on the Weekend Warrior Show here on 710 ESPN. Till we both break down and cry. I want to hold you till the fear in me subsides. Get smart. Just what are you getting at? Check out the Weekend Warrior Facebook page. Like this. Medical advice from Cedar sinai head of orthopedic surgery. Are you kidding? With a far rockaway attitude and a little drizzle of mozzarella. Well, it's important to me. Search Weekend Warrior in the space bar. Like this. And click on Doc's picture. I see. Like, follow, and enjoy the Weekend Warrior Facebook page. Hey, it's John Ireland. You know there is no better way to start your Saturday than with the man who replaced Michael Thompson's hip. Dr. Clapper and the Weekend Warrior Show, 7 to 9 a.m. Saturday mornings. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. Google the Guggenheim. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. You've got the magic touch. It makes me glow so much. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors, the Platters. Magic Touch, that's what we're talking about today. Because when you hear this song, you're hearing Dwayne Allman playing a slide guitar. What exactly does a slide guitar mean, the light touch that he had? It's because he put a bottle that came from his brother, Greg Allman, because Dwayne Allman, when he was 22 years old, had a cold, congested. And his brother, Greg Allman, got him a bottle of medicine called Coracidin, which at the time, it doesn't anymore, but at the time came in this beautiful little glass bottle. Dwayne Allman drank the Coracidin, helped him clear his lungs up, it was a decongestant and antihistamine. And playing around with the bottle, he put it on his finger and then decided to use that as he played the guitar, sliding up and down the neck of the guitar. Called his brother and said, hey, baby brother, listen to this. And his brother, Greg Allman, could not believe what he was hearing. The slide guitar. Other guitar players said, hey, I'm going to do that too. And they got Coruscant bottles. 
Hilarious that a medicine led to Dwayne Allman becoming the greatest slide guitar player of all time. You never know where that brilliant idea is going to come from. All right, clinics, too many, too many callers. I'm loving it. A lot in Costa Mesa. I don't even know where Costa Mesa is. Let's go to one of them. Let's go to Chuck. You're on with Dr. Clapper and Costa Mesa. Where exactly is Costa Mesa? Good morning, Doc. Costa Mesa is right near John Wayne Airport. Got and, it. Um, um, Got I'm it. Right there. Yeah. I'm How a, young are you? I'm what do you do for a living? Doc, I'm a 59 year old retired Navy captain and uh, now management consultant. And um, 59. When's your birthday? It's in March. March. The end of March. Turning 60. What are you going to do for your birthday? That's a good question, Doc. I got a. Can uh, I give you an I'm answer? Gonna... Yes. It's a monumental birthday, Chuck. You need to go see a monument. Have you ever been to Mount Rushmore? No, that's a great idea, Doc. I like that. You yeah. go to you go to the airport. You fly to Denver, lay over for an hour, then you take a flight for forty five minutes to Rapid City, South Dakota. Rent a car, and in fifteen minutes, you're going to see something. You don't need to go to Egypt to see pyramids. We got our own pyramids right here in America, because you're going to see something so beautiful and so big. You could fit the Statue of Liberty into George Washington's nose. And the studio wow. where the sculptor Gutzon Borglin trained over 400 ranchers and miners to become artists is still there. It will blow your mind. A monumental birthday. Go see a monument. Go to Mount Rushmore. I'm in, Doc. That sounds like a great idea. All right, young man. How can I help you? What you do to yourself? Hey, Doc, I got, uh, for about 12 years, I've been having issues with my right hip. Uh, I went to the doctor a long time ago. They said, you have a bit of a torn labrum, mm -hmm. and, you know, let us know when you need the hip replaced, which mm -hmm. I thought was kind of odd, but yep. I've more or less uh, lived with it. And um, sadly, now I, I, I just got diagnosed with bone-on-bone. Uh, bone. I, I got you and Linda's book. I've been doing the exercises, and, and, admit, and admit it helps, but um, I'm still in a a reasonable amount of pain. In, you know, let me tell you something, Chuck. The blessing of you waiting is the following. You, you know, they just did a promo of John Ireland's talking about me doing Michael Thompson's hip. You know, he went home right. four yeah. hours after I did the surgery on the same day, taking extra strength Tylenol. The way that surgery can be done by minimally invasively not cutting the muscles the way anesthesia is done, the implants, they're called dual mobility, using a ceramic ball. Let me tell you, compared to 12 years ago, a lot has beautifully progressed. So it would really, I would commend you for having to, uh, put up with it for these 12 years. But everything happens for a reason in life. The fact that you put it off, good. I'm glad you did because what can be done now properly is a lot better than what we did 12 years ago. So good for you. Do not let them shoot you with cortisone. Get strong in the pool. You take your sweet time. Here are the two reasons for you to say, I'm ready for surgery. Number one, you roll over in bed. Three or four times your body weight goes through your hip. It wakes you up from a deep sleep. People don't appreciate that. You got to be able to get a good night's sleep. A bad back, a bad knee, a bad ankle don't do that, but a bad hip will do that. And here's the other thing. If you're missing the range of motion because the ball and socket don't meet male-female like they used to and glide, and you now have less motion in that hip, well, now you rob that motion from your lower back. And if you start having lower back pain, listen, you start ruining an innocent bystander joint because of it, then you better take care of it. 
Those are the two real tipping points, I would tell you. There is no urgency. No one's allowed to scare you that you have to do it right away or at all. But quality of life, listen, you've worked hard your whole life, and God bless you, and thank you for all that you've done to keep us safe. Yeah, you need to be taken care of properly, and it'll be my pleasure to help you if you want. I'm not here to solicit patients, but you want to make sure you get an opinion, get a second opinion, and make sure it's being done properly, not by robots, not by you know, four rooms going on at the same time. You want someone to look you in the eye and say, yeah, I'm going to take care of you. And in my opinion, you need an artist. You need a sculptor. You need someone who knows how to think three-dimensionally. That's what you're going to do to take care of yourself. All right? Yeah, Doc. Hey, Doc. I had a question. I've looked up and seen that dual mobility. uh, Yeah, um, that's my favorite. awesome. But not everybody puts it in. Correct. And I've also looked up something called hip resurfacing versus hip replacement. Yes, I do that as well. It's called a Birmingham hip. And in in certain cases, I will tell you, one of the the only downside for you at 59, soon to be 60, in terms of a Birmingham hip, and I do them. Not many people do because it's a much harder hip surgery, but Mm -hmm. I do them. And people travel from far and wide for me to do a surface replacement on them. The only mode of failure is if the bone that surrounds the implant becomes weaker in osteoporosis. This is why you should not do them in women, um, because it can loosen later on. That will not happen in a minimally invasive uh, total hip, but dual mobility. So given your age, that would be enough. Now, have I done them in people in their late 50 and early 60s? Yes. You know who I do them in? When I see someone that 10 years ago I did a Birmingham hip surface replacement 10 years ago, and now they come back to see me because they want me to do their other hip. You know, they love the surface replacement so much. I'll say, okay, I'll do your other side. But for the most part, I'd have to see your x-ray, but you're on the end of really where I think it makes sense. And I'm not trying to win any brownie points. I'm not a consultant for any company, and I don't want to be on anyone's payroll. I like to do things. You know, there's a great expression that I live by. The softest pillow to sleep on at night is a clear conscience. Not everybody cares to have a clear conscience, but you Uh do, and I do, and that's what should be what's done in life. Not how much money you can make. It's just we are so bamboozled by people, by scoundrels who want to tell you, take this pill and you can grow hair back on top of your head or new teeth or new cartilage in your hip. No, that's not the way it works. We age. You should age gracefully. This whole idea of anti-aging is ridiculous, but embrace it. And if your hip is that bad, then, young man, you be the one to decide when you're fed up enough that it wakes you up from a deep sleep or your other joints start to hurt. You either live with it or you say, you know what? Those are the tipping points. It's time to take care of it. And that's what you do. Yeah, Doc, I can't golf right now. I think I'm at the tipping point. I want to golf. Well, then I could use you in my foursome because maybe I could beat you, actually, in the ESPN (laughs) golf tournament. (laughs) You most definitely could now. No, it's my pleasure to help in any way I can. And thank you so much for listening and being a loyal weekend warrior. Appreciate it. And you're a total stranger to me. Go find a total stranger today. You do something nice for them. That's how you'll be thanking me. All right, Warriors, let's take a break. Coming up next, we'll tell some stories. My guest at 815 is the great Dr. Carrie Strom, whose expertise is gastroenterology. He's a GI guy, but he's my doctor. And with his hands, his light touch, he told me it wasn't my gallbladder, that I tore a muscle. And he was right. It healed. So it made me think all week about the power of lightly touching in art, in sports, and in surgery. And coming up next, we're going to hear about it. 
in the world of art, in the world of sports. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warriors show here on 710 ESPN. It makes me glow so much. It casts a spell. It rings a bell. The magic touch. It's good to be king. Right, King James? Absolutely. And good to be courtly friends on the Weekend Warrior Facebook page. I love it. Be treated like medical royalty with Clappervision. Feast like a monarch on Doc's delectable finds. There we go. And that far rockaway jester humor. <laughs> Search Weekend Warrior and click on Doc's regal picture. Cool. <laughs> Sound the trumpets. No cortisone, alchemy, or leeches here. Everything's good. Bow, curtsy, like, or follow the Weekend Warrior Facebook page. That makes me happy. Cheers.